with science by definition allows for more than one opinion, otherwise you merely have the will of one man, which is the basis of cult. If it's not in the frame, it doesn't exist. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I am usually... Where you been? Drunk. Wendy? <laughs> Darling? Light of my life. Oh! What is your one purpose in life? To explode, of course. I like death with sex. How about you, Casey? You like sex with death? Yeah, so fuck off and die. It is I mean, surprising because, you know, like I said, they're not they're not as sexy as they used to be, but they're still just as good. But they're not like the youth audience I mean, isn't he, like, oh, I can't wait to see that western movie with Kurt Russell. <laughs> you know what I mean? The I know, Zoomers. Right? Unless is, they're like, unless they're like, I like yeah. Quentin Tarantino, I want to see that movie because of that, or whatever. But the passing, they're not like, that's the new hit thing. I saw a, I saw a thing on TikTok about about uh, you know this Western movie, man. And it's, funny uh, enough, uh, though, my mom sent me, uh, my mom sent me a reel, um, which is the which is the graveyard and the bastard <laughs> TikTok. She sent me a reel oh, of yeah. <laughs> of Reservoir Dogs, and it was like, you know, it was like a a fact that was like. Did you know that the set dressing in the in the scene between like Mr. Orange and Mr. Pink when they're talking and those bottles in the back, those bottles are the colors and the grouping of of the bad of of the of the rat and of Mr. Orange and like it's all them together and it's I like didn't even it's know in that. the bottles, dude. I didn't even know that. Look at look into the bottles. And that's uh, you know, that's the set dressing and that's Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino, you know what he is? He's better than Kubrick. Kubrick, Kubrick thought of every little yeah. detail, and then Quentin Tarantino came through. Quentin Tarantino went like this. He went, you know, Kubrick, you're out of here, Kubrick. Get out of here. You. You're dead. Get out of here, Kubrick. You know what he did? Kubrick Kubrick came up. Kubrick gave me a little shove, and I went, get out of here, Kubrick. He saw Pulp Fiction and had a brain said. aneurysm. I know. Yeah, Kubrick, Kubrick was on his deathbed, and he was looking at the monolith, and, <laughs> and, it, was, and it was Pulp Fiction's trailer, and he That's was tough. like, oh, my God. It's going to be interesting to uh, talk about uh, Tarantino's legacy, especially because it's the whole like ten movies and done thing. Uh, right. Once it's all said and done, uh, anyway. So uh, this is the Culture Center Knowledge Podcast. Yeah, welcome. Uh, hey, you might be wondering uh, what we're talking about today. We're talking about Stanley Kubrick's film Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, I know, and it's really great. And the, the Quentin Tarantino commentary on Eyes Wide Shut is amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like in this scene, man, this guy right here, like. Nope. Uh, Tom, like this scene, Tom this Cruise means, means, really was fucking Nicole Kidman, yeah. man. Like, and yeah, yeah, no, man. And this scene right here, this is this is where the eyes got really wide. And that right, that my friends, that was the N word. That's what he, and that's what he says. And that's uh, how he. So the movie specifically, I mean, you know, you clicked on the thing. We're talking about the his first his directorial debut, uh, Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs, which is still. A name I I don't know how to spell. I'm lost. Oh, oh, <laughs> honey, honey, I'll never be able to spell. <laughs> I'll never be able to spell Reservoir Dogs. I was that's I was the, typing it. Word in the world. I was typing it into. Uh, I'm an I'm a fucking idiot. And I was typing it into Letterbox, <laughs> yeah, dude. and I was like, why is this showing up? And it was just because I was spelling <laughs> yeah. it wrong. Because I'm a no. Moron. I had to, I had to I had to type in Quentin Tarantino, and I spelled that wrong. <laughs> but it got it got me there. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, it got me there. Uh, anyway, oh man, old old yeah. Quentin, old this Quentin. Is, you know what you you said earlier that um, your brother has not seen this film. This was his first time viewing it. Correct. And I I I get that. 
I totally get that. Like your your brother wasn't alive when Sundance existed, and I mean this know, movie Sundance, came out when, when we were was it, was it when insane. we were fucking little babies, you know. We were, so we were, yeah, I was like four or something when this. You were. So. You wish you were four. I, I don't know. It came out in ninety two. Nah, yeah, you were three. Yeah, ninety two. But it but it came. Did it come out in? I thought it was ninety two and then a ninety three theatrical release. Oh, or, that yeah, that could be was, that could be Sundance ninety two and then like wide release ninety three. Ninety-three, uh, but anyway, anyhow. if you were there, I want to know just off the top of the gate, if you—I know some of our listeners, some of them are some older uh, folks, and I appreciate that. And sorry for calling you older folks, but we're around even <laughs> we're, earlier I mean, times in this. We're old now too, so. Don't but yeah, this movie it. is—you know—it's over thirty years old at this point. But uh, I want to know what was it like when this movie came out. I want to know the initial reaction to be like. This movie kind of exploded on the scene, kind of made a name, started making a name for Quentin Tarantino, and then obviously, uh, you know, Pulp Fiction came a few years later and blew the whole fucking doors off the whole thing. But, uh, I mean, and and arguably that was what come to the Reddit. That's what gave the the Miramax Winehouse company. Oh yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean that that was its leverage and that was its like So basically poster, you can blame Clint Tarantino for, 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 <laughs> yeah, for, for, for I know. RV Weinstein. <laughs> I I have never I haven't looked into Quentin Tarantino, but I can only imagine that that guy has eaten feet. Like, oh, I he's definitely not, eaten them, but that's I okay. do not. I do not. He does it with well, consent. I don't know. I don't know he about just how much asks consent. people no. to send him feet. I don't. <laughs> they do. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe he gets he's like, like yeah, just only with feet. what you want though. But yeah, send them to me, please. Yeah, right. I'll take yeah. No discrimination. Anyway, so. For those of you listening oh, that have sure. not seen it in a while, maybe you've it's foggy, you kind of know the gist. Let, let Jordan here. It's been we've uh let me, we've been away yeah. on vacation, so we're we're it's, it's probably going to be a we're going to have to fumble through this one today. Uh, just it's okay. Not we'll, even the synopsis, we'll just in general, we got to you know loosen the hinges. Well, we're a little we're a little like jet lagged. We've uh <laughs> we've both we've both been on planes in the last like seven days. So yeah, sorry. Um. It, uh, I got me, a tan. I've like never had days, a tan so. in my life. I know, dude. I'm yeah. I'm surprised you don't get like the Irish burn. I or do, whatever. You're like, but I liberally. <laughs> I fucking. I normally always burn, but this is the most sunscreen I've ever applied in my life, thanks to my sister. <laughs> oh, it was yeah, dude. Kylie was out there all day, every day. She's like, that. make she sure was, to reapply, dude, and I was like, yeah. She right, had dude. like yeah, she had like 36. I don't know where she got all that sunscreen from. I but. know. Anyways, uh, God bless. We love you, yeah. uh, Kylie and. You, uh, I wish you she listened. All I wish she listened I, to this. I know, me too. She's I'm a Patreon, though, so thanks. <laughs> yeah, really, though. Yeah, that's all that matters. We got your money. But, uh, you know, we heart you, and you, I'm sorry you had to put up with uh, our shenanigans. But you know what? <laughs> You're fantastic. It's not about you, though. It's about everyone out in podcast land. So listen to this synopsis that I did not write. Let's hear it. But I am going to read because it was the funniest one to me. Uh, Reservoir Dogs, 92. Quentin Tarantino. Six men are hired to rob a local jewelry store for a recent diamond shipment. At first, it goes smoothly, but then the alarm gets tripped. Several employees and customers die in the panic, and the cops show up within moments, which results in a massive, bloody shootout with the six robbers. Then, during the escape from the botched heist, two of the robbers are killed, and the four that survive begin to suspect a rat among them. That makes this movie sound like it is fucking like heat or like a, that synopsis makes this movie sound like 
you were going to watch it's one of the most bloody, that almost is, like, like, you're going to watch like a heist movie. It's fairly violent, and but it's like the heist takes place in, in like small, 90% and, of the movie, because the genre still was 24 hour movies. And right. so not counting flashbacks, this basically all takes place in the aftermath and, of the heist yeah. at the warehouse with flashbacks right. to the heist and before the planning of the heist and everything. But, um, yeah. I know it does make it sound like I don't know. This is like the first forte to Quentin Tarantino's like unconventional story structure. That's like really well, kind of jumping all around, but it it feels more natural here than a lot of it. Like it feels like just normal dude, here. <laughs> I think it. I think it. Like I think it. Like it is. This this didn't do anything like crazy inventive. I just think it was it was strong and it was it, it was executed. It's, this is really, really well. simple compared to right. a lot of his movies. Right, and right. then compared to like a Nolan or something, or you oh, know yeah. somebody who somebody who's trying to break your brain or like really trying to like layer it and like come yeah. back on itself. Yeah, you know? this is just and the so, way because the way it cuts it like the flashbacks are so perfectly paced in this movie, for my opinion. Like when they yeah. come, like we'll talk later about probably my one of my favorite parts. My favorite cut in this movie is like got to be one of my favorite cuts ever. For some reason, it just always hits. But uh, okay. Yeah, is dude, that it? Okay. That, that's uh, it, right? For the synopsis, that was it. That I don't want to catch I just up. love it. I would just love how that yeah. synopsis is like. Not the movie is the movie. It, what they just explained is one percent of the movie, <laughs> the setup, and, yeah. then the, and then ninety ninety nine percent of the movie is inside the warehouse yeah. and the and the guys talking. Fifteen percent is I'm like, fucking dying here. I fucking I'm dying. Dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, dude. It's like I mean, and you know, Tim Roth. He, like this is this is so funny because this is where uh, Tim Roth and Steve Buscemi kind of get their like their foothold yeah. and this is like where they like they're really like breaking you want to like, you want to know stuff, but you want to know uh my brother gat who watched it right for the first time you want to know what his uh-huh. when he the first thing he said to me while we were watching it during the diner scene right at the beginning he said right, right. that guy on the left looks like the villain from the 2008 incredible hulk movie with edward norton and i'm like it is it's tim roth <laughs> <laughs> it is it's tim roth yeah and he's like it's, oh it's that's tim where roth. i that's where i know him from he, <laughs> if you if you really want to know him he will lie to you or oh. you will try to lie to him, <laughs> uh, or something. Right? Yeah, what Wasn't is my favorite Tim Roth? Because he's so uh, good in in uh, Hateful Eight, but I really like him in Funny Games, the remake. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good. God, yeah. Tim, see, Tim Roth is I like, like Tim Roth, a guy I enjoy, but I don't really. I think I'm. Mean, oh yeah, I mean Pulp Fiction. I think is probably my favorite. Yeah, uh, he's Honey Bunny. That I can think of. Right. Yeah, uh, but Steve, um, honestly, the star of the show, like Tim Roth is good. Tim Roth is good. and But Harvey Keitel crushes. But Steve, I forget what chops Steve Buscemi has, man. Like he's such a like known oh, as dude. like a comedic actor a lot of the time. And I'm like, he fucking runs oh, he, away. He steals like most of the scenes. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. Th- this ensemble cast is so good because Michael Mad- Madsen, when he shows up, when Mr. Blonde shows up, it's just he, like he fucking is just I. A presence, like him. dude. He's a presence. When I was younger, though. so I haven't seen this movie in decade plus. It's been a really long time. It's been a while. But it was a movie that I watched, like, I've probably seen this movie collectively now ten times. Yeah, that's so the same I, deal. I, I was, you know. I, I overdid it back in the day, right. so I haven't watched it right. in, like, yeah, probably eight or nine years. Right. And so I haven't watched this for a hot-ass minute. And Michael Madsen was a character I didn't really care about when I was younger. And now watching it again, I'm like damn he's, he, he he might he might be one of like the greatest villains also like he yeah is, he's so he's so well, i didn't cool. realize like, <laughs> how uh in depth this character was because there's only three yeah. flashbacks and it's like 
you know, Mr. White, Mr. Orange, and then Mr. Blonde. And it's like, and so you really do get kind of, even though it's that one scene after he got out of prison and everything, but there's so much more like context to his character and his relationship. So, you know, later when, uh, Mr. Orange is like, he was going to fucking do the whole thing. And, and nice guy, Eddie's just does not buy it right away. Like you as the audience are like, Oh no way. He's not, they're like old friends, man. They're not going to buy that. Right. Right, right, right. And I love, I love that when Chris Penn's like, he, like his, I mean, Chris Penn is just a, I don't think he acts. I think he just shows up and he talks. Cause that's, <sighs> it great. He, that's his, I love that's it. his like presence. It's I like, know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's just, he's, yeah, he's classic. And so like, there's so much of this movie that's just I, ingrained in my head, just like sound bites. And it's just like him screaming, like you quit pointing that gun at my dad. You know? my dad. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right, right. Right. I love that. And I love like the, you know, gotta be professionals. It's like, I know. I, it, like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I feel what was your so going awkward. back then? Uh, we both agree we saw this in our teen years, and yeah. we were both like, "This is fucking cool!" Like, like most Tarantino. Because right. did you see Pulp Fiction first and then this? And uh-huh. how, right. right, same. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we have pretty much a similar. I feel like a lot of people our age, especially that are into movies, had that experience. So they're like, "Oh shit!" And then yeah. went back and watched that. But, um, yeah. So watching it now, what was how was the passage of time? <sighs> done it for you. I, mean, I, I know. I know a lot of the uh, the the uh, racism and language probably didn't age. I forgot how I how, how unflinching it was. Like I forgot how like, much it was just like, God damn. <laughs> no, it yeah, it's kind of funny. It's like I I I don't know why, but I'm and over the years, just even like even outside of like you know, I don't even want to know you know social justice bend and just like. Just like, like the the larger, you know, societal norms of like using the N word and like it, you know, it's like racial racial discussion in in cinema yeah. has changed and, and it's it's totally like Tarantino is always on the hot box too for that kind of thing, you know, like yeah, of he course. was a lot with Django and fucking yeah. Spike Lee, who we talked about a couple weeks ago, was like boycotting uh-huh. his movies uh-huh. ever since like right. Hateful Eight and everything. Right, of course, and I totally. That's the whole thing. I'm like, that's and I was today uh, with a coworker um, who's never seen this and doesn't really. I don't think they've seen. No, I think they saw. I think they saw Django or something. They, anyways, they like they don't really know Quentin Tarantino very well. And I was like explaining that he's like he's like the edge lord Steven Spielberg. Like he just he makes these <laughs> like of. he makes these you know he makes these movies that like are fucking good. They're polished. And he knows he knows what he's doing. They're uniquely his. They're uniquely his. And they're uniquely his. I'm always excited for a Tarantino movie. But he's always like, but he's always trying to like, he's like, I'm gonna put and it's one of those things where he just he he hides behind the like the what is that like creative shield or he's just some sort of like he's just like he's like I'm writing characters so I get a step aside and that's what a character would say. Where you're like where you're like you can't separate yourself from what you're creating when it's like you're like just like completely saying the n-word for no complete no no reason no no constructive reason for this character needs to say it it's like i'm just i'm trying to think if i look at i look at where like uh scorsese he comes through and he'll have he'll have racist characters in his movies because they're that's rampant but they're racist in like constructive ways it's it's kind of weird you know (laughs) usually usually if he has a racist character it's like somebody who owns territory and then there's another race that owns territory and then they're derogatory towards them and that's kind of it, like it's structured in the universe that he's created where Quentin Tarantino goes, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to write a character who can say the N word. And it's, and I don't know, it kind of watching this again, 
I kind of like, I'm like, oh man, a lot of his really, really strong, tight writing gets, it's like, it kind of like, it gets uh, overshadowed by him just kind of being like a little edgy. And like, yeah, kinda just, I think it feels this, like a weasel. I don't know. I'm I like, think this movie kind of suffers from it the yeah. most. Right. Because right. uh, yeah, you're, yeah. you're right. Because I mean, I do agree. I don't think this movie's racist. I think the characters are racist. But it's like a lot of the times they're talking and it's natural. It's not doing anything to further the story. It's doing anything. It's doing things to further the characters. It's, it's, in, it's sensationalized, though, honestly. It, it sort of is. Not, well, everything about his like movies are sensationalized, and that's like, right. and that's, that's his why, whole that's why, that's why I compare him to yeah. Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah. It's like everything he does that's is like fanciful stick. and sensationalized, but, but in like an edgy way. I don't know. I get it. I mean, like right. Scorsese, so, right. I mean, I don't know. Everyone's super racist and fucking Goodfellas. Like, I, I do feel like in this one more than others, because it's like, if you think about all the characters in this one, the one black character, the one cop that was like the handler of, uh, you know, Mr. Orange or Freddie or whatever the fuck you, he's Mr. Orange, you know, but, uh, you know, right, right, right. uh, he's like the one common sense kind of, he's like not flushed out, but he's like the one common sense kind of guy and everything. But it's, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. It's just like, what are you trying to say with all, like every conversation is like, uh, trying to be in real life. And they're just dropping like fucking all these racial slurs to every other race too. Uh, you know, to like Hispanic people and everything, but it's like, yeah, right, are right, you right, trying yeah. to be like, cause, uh, Mr. Orange doesn't do it unless he's trying to fit in and be undercover. And so are you trying to be like all criminals or just scum from the core? Like what's the, what's the point of this other than to just be flavor. And it does feel more like flavor. Like it is I, it good. Like That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I it's good. And it's coming. well acted, but I also am asking at the end of the day, like, could you have replaced this <laughs> yeah. with anything else? And you definitely uh-huh. could have. 100 percent that's yeah. where it's like that's my only that's my only qualm as well every, i'm like I every think it, interview quentin tarantino defends himself yeah and it's the and it's always the i have a black friend <laughs> defense pretty much it's like always like samuel it's always jackson like, well, i had black people read my shit and they love it it's yeah, like samuel jackson's yeah, like i'm yeah, not but, racist so i'm not racist and <laughs> I, I don't i don't yeah. think quentin tarantino's racist because right. it is hard i've but, written i don't think he is sure but I do think he does kind of, he does is kind of like, I have permission. And so he's like, <laughs> that's, you know and that I mean? is, that's, that Ex- is, especially racism, on his so older racist. movies. But, I do think, but that, like, obviously, Django, not... <laughs> Django okay. is like one that uh, it makes sense for I, more. So that's the one that's like, it's course, about, right. it's about that. But this one, it's yeah. like, yeah, I, I don't know. I get it. I get it. But I also, I'm like, I don't know. As a writer, too, I'm like, well, we don't have time to get into, to get into all of the, all of the, Nuance well, it's a big, it's a big part he, of the controversy. But it's funny right, that yes. like it wasn't. Right. I feel like it wasn't as big of a deal back then because people were, I guess, were just right. shittier and racist back then. It's just par for the core. No, which I, is when too I bad. Think it, I think it was. I think what we were discussing earlier off off mic is it was like the new resurgent of cinema where where like smaller people were taking it back. Like Quentin Tarantino, he didn't have a studio to back him that was like really critiquing what he says. So he kind of like it was this like it was this like breath of fresh air raw where people where, where it was raw yes yeah. so where it's like create like creativity can be unfiltered and like it was kind of like all right we're just anyone can create anything and it was like I think he just I think Quentin Tarantino sees it because all the interviews I've seen I think he sees himself as being like as being like a social justice warrior and like equalizing it and it's like well no but you know what his movies are are strong and they are like it's funny because I love. It's like the writing will be like really good. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like, it's edited and structured and it's like really cool. And then he'll do that. He'll like throw in a joke that I'm like, it'll like, it'll be a joke where I'm like, oh, it just kind of jarred me. And when I was younger, I was more, I was more like, 
um, infatuated with the set design and the characters and like how simple they were and then how violent it was. I mean, that blood is so beautiful. Yeah, this and, like the blood, just, the I, blood. Know, this love, is some of the like, best fake blood. Though. Like, some of the best, dude. Some of the best <laughs> blood so ever, dude. Some of the like the the, the color grade and, and whatever like really makes it look good too. When he's just Tim Roth laying in dude. the pool of blood, it's so good. Dude, it's yeah. Well, it's this really, as it's as really like cool. you could see how this would be so impressionable to a couple young 14, 15 year olds or whatever. Yeah. Because this movie made me feel like, oh, anyone can do this, and it's fucking cool. Like, right. it's cops and robbers in fucking black suit and tie, uh, you know, just cussing and smoking and covered in blood. Like, it's it is cool, but it, it's like I see the edge lordy thing you're saying. Uh, but it's like I don't know. Coming out the gate with this is a directorial debut. I often forget this is his first, like, that, like, he hasn't directed anything. It, no, and I'm like, it is, man, this is tight strong, as fuck. <laughs> like, right. And it's, and for like, it really is, it's one of those, it's one of those, um, divine interventions where he, he like, he shot like a little test and then that little test got around, you know, and like people were giving him financing here and there. But then it was the script was like really strong, really concise. And it was really simple. And Harvey Keitel, like he was the he was the whole reason this movie got made, is because he came on and he was like, "I'll I'll do it for nothing and I'll help finance." And so that yeah, that really I I didn't like, notice until this time around yeah. that he's a producer, and I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, uh-huh. like that makes sense," because yeah. yeah, he's same, he's same. the big I, name I, I that never... needed to push it, right? Because Quentin Tarantino right. had made sort of a name for himself because screenplays were starting to be. This is the only era screenplays were taken right. seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. When people really? are like, studios are like, yeah, give me your screenplays, bud. And uh, so he made, right. he gave this, wrote the screenplay for True Romance, right, with Christian Slater and Gary Oldman and that. And so that gave him a little bit of clout to then be like, all right, why don't you direct a movie well, and see what and you got? And this is his... like, this is a hundred times better than True Romance. I wonder, <laughs> I've never looked in, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, True Romance I've never is, looked is fine. Into but... Quentin Tarantino's, he fucking, dude, he's written, he's written 40, oh, excuse me, he's written, 21 oh no has he oh some of those have got to be because no, there was a reservoir dogs 30, video 30, game you know what i mean it's probably like characters prices. based on yeah yeah, yeah did you yeah, ever yeah, did you right. ever it's play all... that video game <laughs> did you know there was a reservoir dogs video no, game i do yeah i remember it, it. Yeah, it was I terrible it, of but yeah oh it's awful it was like it was like lower than driver like driver it was, was it was like it was like worse than driver no that was the one so what's cool <laughs> is from from dusk till dawn yeah he the the reason that I'm trying to find this stupid idiot's name. Okay, um, Robert Rodriguez. No, I know I love Robert <laughs> Rodriguez, but no, the it was oh my god. Anyways, the the um the the effects the effects dude on um, there yeah. he he helped produce. He did all the effects for free, be um on on the stipulation that Quentin Tarantino would write from dusk till dawn for him. Oh, he, he wanted he wanted a he's like he's like write me write me like a a horror movie. Yeah, that or, I can you know, go whatever, crazy right? with the effects on. Uh-huh. Right. And he and then he did the effects on that. Good. And so Well, the effects in this yeah, are, like this movie is dude. it punches hard, it dude. Look, like when they're whipping so the cop's ass and then obviously uh, yeah. uh they cut his ear off and in the final cut it like pans away, but they have the footage of him cutting the ear off. I've see, seen that in the in the DVD special oh, features. Oh, there's a deleted scene. I don't There's like several the shots of the of the prosthetic ear getting cut off and oh, it looks yeah, pretty okay, fucking right. good. You're right. I have seen. I have seen that because when you can really see the hole, yeah. and it's kind of you can see the makeup over the ear. Yeah. Which is, but it looks cool. It like it looks. It looks good pretty good, but it's dude. still obvious. It's you so know good. that. Yeah, you can definitely uh, it's tell. It's still obvious, but, but it's 
but it's it's like raised a little bit just as ears squished under uh, there but right, right but i'm right, glad yeah, they went still. with like the pan away because that was like an interesting and that and the pan away is such a like that that is what god i mean i don't know dude every every fucking 16 year old film nerd has has gone on about quentin tarantino we're not we're not we weren't saved from that like we we you know that we fell in love with him he, he really does give like a an up-and-comer hope and so anyways Quentin Tarantino, he does a lot of homages, and he is he is, like, you know, f- film film worldly or film. He has good film knowledge. Yeah. And that that pan is so old school from the violence. Like that's such a like '30s '40s shot is to like go away from the violence yeah. and just have like audio and like, I don't know, you know, then cut like cut back to it. And I just I those are those little details are what like add up to. My appreciation. It is because, yeah, like you said, the synopsis makes us sound like some crazy violent thing. And there is the violence, (laughs) like all the cops getting shot in the car and the cop getting shot in the seat. Like, but it's all pretty fast. Him getting him getting tied up. I the what the violence for me watching is him being is him being tied up, punched, and then when he gets his ear cut off and the gasoline thrown on him on the air. Oh my god, that makes me cringe, dude. Yeah, just that gas like and just getting covered in gasoline would hurt. It would like it did that scene with with lacerations, it would burn and I love that how dude, that's what's so great is Michael Madsen, like he's like, does it sting? Like he like he loves Uh it. He's like he's a fucking sadist. I was on the edge of my fucking seat. I've seen like I've seen this movie like ten times, you know, but I'm on the edge of my seat. And that scene where he's just like, no, please don't. He's like, that fire is scary, huh? And he's just screaming yeah. for his life, and I know what's coming. Yeah. And I'm still just like, oh, oh. And then he just gets, like, shot, like, a ton of times. <laughs> and uh, that, that's such a so good, good shot, too, where he gets shot. That's a perfect Tim Roth, cut. And then, it, and then it pans over to him falling. Oh, my and he's, God. I know. It's so Western, dude. It's <laughs> where he's just there, Western and he's shot. still like, Ech. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts. It's a perfect cut, too. It's like Mr. Orange. Like, boom. Like, is it's a the, perfect, like, that the release cut? valve. No. The, What's the tell me tell the me cut, cut. I want to know it. The cut when uh, Steve Buscemi shows off and him and Harvey Keitel are smoking in the bathroom, <laughs> and he's like, "Well, how'd you get out of there?" And he's like, "How do you think I blasted oh, my way out?" And, and then, then it's like, and then Whoa! It's just like cuts to running. him running and the gunshots. You, <laughs> like, dude, did you know that that scene has the Wilhelm so, scream? In yeah, it? <laughs> what, a, what a yeah. I forgot about oh, it, and then I heard right it when he shoves the guy. It's like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just like, come on, guys. We gotta but, put that in one of our movies, don't you? I, we really ought to. But it, it's so, yeah. it's so, it's so cool because it's like he gets around the corner. Yeah. He's like, route, get in the car, and then he just like fucking just unloads like Dude, total crazy unlo- madman. That, yeah, the the like the action in this is it's like really strong action, and that's what Quentin Tarantino later becomes really known for, and really like you you know it's like a Quentin Tarantino squib, like you like like Hey Boy <laughs> yeah. and Django Unchained. Like that is like it, it's it's on the realms of like parody yeah. of how how explosive the gunshot. I, I watched Hateful Eight not that long oh. ago, but I want to watch it again because it's so similar to Reservoir Dogs and like its overall setup and style. Right, and and a, and like a what is that like bottle movie or just like yeah yeah one, yeah it's like kind of like one movie. So yeah, I guess bottle movie, bottle episode. You know, what I mean? right. Uh, right, right? But like one thing this movie does that when I was younger. I didn't really. It was, I thought it was kind of the most boring part, but now I'm like pretty enthralled with it. In the last couple of viewings, is Mr. Orange's flashback because it feels so long, and I'm like, get back to the fucking, you know, the the cops and robbers shit. And but he's got the whole bit about him learning the scene, and it slowly yeah, that was, deconstructs that was down. That was edited really well uh, to him being like telling this fiction, and it's something you can only do in cinema, and that's why it's so fucking yeah. great because it's like it cuts down. He's, t- he's learning the story. He's getting better at the story. He's getting even better at it. Then he's telling it at the bar, and then he's there. And you as the audience know 
this isn't real, but you're seeing it. You're seeing the cops. You're seeing the, the German stakes, Shepherd. The stakes are so real because he you know it's a conversation. Yeah. He has to make real. Yeah. And he, what, they're and even that, like, you got to know if it has a hand dryer and he like incorporates it yeah. into his story. And, well, and I love that too, because the hand dryer, like it adds tension to the scene. That's not even real. You but know, it's I, not like, real. Like, yeah. But we talked about this a little bit with one of the movies we covered recently. I forget what it was, but it's just like, what, what is real? Uh, we were talking about it with asteroid city where it's like, where's the, like oh, nothing we're right. watching is real. It's, it's real, a movie. But the stakes are so high, but this is like <laughs> a scene. I don't know. It's just something that can only exist in cinema. And I fucking love those little moments. It's like almost a fourth wall kind of thing. Go, uh, uh, go listen to our asteroid city on Patreon. If you yeah. want to be a sweet little Patreon baby. And that's a, that was a fun one. Go but, over there. But we would love to. Yeah. We, we chat about it. Hey, Flate does the same thing with, uh, his story about, you don't know if he's lying or not. Uh, yeah, about his right, son right, right. and everything. About the, about, trying to yeah, go to him and get and him to... The, he's like, you see in pictures now, huh? You know? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I wish he did oh, more good, stuff like that. That's a good scene. <laughs> that movie's really I good. Know, that's right. like one of... That dude, might be my favorite. Well, we were we were talking about it. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, so I was talking to my coworker. And like, dude, it it's like... It's funny because I've liked Quentin Tarantino for so long. And I still like... I guess it's just like separate the art from the artist. You know, I... I, like, I, I, I think, think he's fine. I he's just kind like of a douchebag. You know, <laughs> he's yeah, kind of right. a douchebag, but he, he's like he's very punchable. But he's so I he, like he, his movies are great, and he's I, a great artist. I like his movies. And I don't right. think he's like a, I don't think he's like a criminal. Like so many, uh, sadly, so many oh, artists sh- I do like so, <laughs> that are just like, oh <laughs> yeah. no, he's a sex pest. Sure, uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> but sure, I guess like, that's true. I, nothing's come out so far. <laughs> so far, yeah, we'll see. But uh, it's just like I don't know. He's just pretentious as fuck. With the way he talks right. and stuff, like he won't, he won't watch Return of the Living Dead, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, just because he hates Dan O'Bannon. It's like I think that's you. no, that's <laughs> the biggest thing. It's like his his whole like he'll do listicles and he's very like snobby. he's just so pretend. Yeah, he's so but snobby and pretentious. And I'm like, the dude, dude knows how like, to fucking he knows how to write and make a fucking movie. Like uh, he knows yeah. what he's doing. But I, but I, I think it's his. I think his editor too is the one that really like uh, really his editing. Him but that's <laughs> I would you compared yeah. him to Spielberg. I think Spielberg is pretty generic. I compare him to like Wes Anderson. Where it's like they okay. both have their thing, they do their for thing, sure, they sure. have a very like you watch a clip from a Wes Anderson or a Tarantino movie and you know, oh, that's Tarantino or whatever. He's the edgy version of that. You know what I mean? Uh where <laughs> the Wes Anderson is the uh, <laughs> you know, version of that. Yeah. Of Tarantino. Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson is the I don't know, he's like the kid that brings an acoustic guitar to the party. Oh, he hundred percent is and <laughs> he, West, yeah. he well knows it. But and yeah. Tarantino's fucking the tro- the internet <laughs> troll that shows up and yeah. it's just like, well, actually, yeah, <laughs> like, uh, right. That's exactly that's that's who I picture is like, yeah. the guy who's like he thinks he's like the life of the party, but then uh, everyone else is kind of like, hey, this guy is kind of like intense and not. Really. I know, <laughs> but kinda, it's kinda like douche, but see that's the thing. It's anyways. like I this made me want to go rewatch a lot of his movies because I haven't seen a lot of them in a long time, like his middle of his career. Like it's been the same amount of time since I watched Jackie Brown. I've only seen Kill Bill yeah. once, which you've said many which times is, is so, your ultimate. Which is so wild. I it's hard to it's hard to pick. Kill Bill would be my favorite Quentin Tarantino, but Hateful Eight is probably second. So Hateful Eight is probably my favorite just because it, it ticks right. so many of my boxes. But yeah. I, I think Inglorious is probably his best. And I think Death but Proof is his most underrated. It is pretty I, under it is pretty I, good. I really like right? Death Proof, yeah. but it's you need like to fucking see Once Upon a, Upon a Time in Hollywood because I actually, every time, I've only seen it like twice now. I know. But it's great. It's great. I know. I'll, 
I will get around to seeing it. Yeah, but, we'll see. Anyway, I feel like yeah, I feel weird. I don't know what I don't know what happened. I just just like get, watching more interviews with him that were more available. I know, but made me. yeah, I get that. I get that. But it's just like I'll never not have a soft spot for because it's like the same with uh, from the same era. He was like one of the golden boys we talked about briefly in uh, uh, Do the Right Thing, where it's like '90s indie cinema came out, and it was like Quentin Tarantino, Kevin Smith, fucking Richard Linklater. Uh, Steven Soderbergh, you know what I mean? Spike Lee was the before them, but since he was the the black guy, he didn't get any credit until later. But, <laughs> no, I know, right? Yeah, I'll tell you. But you know, yeah. all those guys. But I feel the same about like Kevin Smith as I do kind of about Quentin Tarantino, where I'm like, ah, I love I love his shit and his formative days, and it was so influential. But like as a guy, I'm like, I don't know now. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, no. The right. only part, Link later but- is the one that's still just like. He's the guy at the party that's just like, yeah, man, whatever. Like, you want to just smoke some weed? Yeah, <laughs> like, dude, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he just he smokes some weed and he'd be like, you want to talk about the stars? Like, yeah, every, he's everyone's yeah. friend. Like, oh yeah, he's pretty chill and his art's fun, you know. But <laughs> yeah, uh, but I don't know, man. This yeah. this movie, I uh, I love. Yeah, I, I love this movie. I saw you only gave it three stars, and I yeah, I just like. I think it's. I, I think, think it's you're because... letting you're letting the QT get to you, man. This movie is fucking. It's dope. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's dope. It, that's the thing. Like I had, I had a fun. It's, I'm just. I, I can't. I can't like. I can't look past it. It's like I. You know. I'm. Well, I'm, I don't every think time you I, should. Every time I'm. Every time I'm enthralled with a scene, with like heavy dialogue and like I like his writing is like so constructive and I love how so I love how like real it is like people it's like he'll he'll use a take that isn't quite perfect and it but it's so good it like builds such realism and like it builds such like a frenzy like especially with mr pink like he just mm-hmm. he, he he's you can tell he's like he's the most neurotic and and because he he knows there was a rat the whole time and harvey Keitel's trying to just like you know he, like he's I just he's, he's, he's in denial he's in denial because a he's he's um has a relationship with tim roth and b he doesn't. He just doesn't want to believe it. He doesn't want to believe that he was set up. He but just thinks what? it's a robbery gone bad. Yeah. What is up with that relationship? Like, I I like to imagine because we don't know their characters very well. We only, and that's what's nice about the flashbacks too. It doesn't get too much into their personal lives. It's just like their connections to the organization, uh, with like Joe yeah. and everything. But like, you think you think because uh, he's older, you think he's got like a son somewhere that he's like distant from that Tim Roth kind of. He's like, ah, uh, their yeah, young right. young son. Like, I I like to feel that in my heart that it's just like he has an estranged son that's like about that age, and so he takes a little bit more of affinity because it is like weirdly, weirdly intimate. They are they're like, you know, from the get go, he's like, say it, you're gonna be okay, you know. But even yeah, later, he's right, like, right. he's like, will you hold me? And and then normally <laughs> I'm like, I'm a hardened gangster bitch, like. Uh, yeah, well, I, I know your gut shot. I know your gut shot, but like, yeah. get over, it. <laughs> like, like, uh, yeah, get a yeah, grip. Yeah. But also, he's like, yeah, sure, I'll hold you, buddy. He, like, spoons him, like, all that. Yeah, he and I'm like, these, I love that how he's combing his hair. I do it's think, like, oh, it is like a lot of the flashbacks you show that like they have a camaraderie and a like a closeness that the other crew members don't. But I, I feel like there's something else there, and I, I like that. I want more of these like little threads I can kind of tug on that aren't really there, but like you can kind of insinuate just based from the acting, and like. You know, uh, yeah. just the just the interactions with one another. You know what I mean? I don't know. You could see the kind of guy. I don't know. It's good characterization. So it's like that's why it's well, like. And on that on that topic, I think that the opening scene, I I 
hate the Madonna. Th- I always, I've always <laughs> hated the Madonna thing because a, I just, I don't really care about Madonna, and then b, I don't care about Quentin Tarantino's dumb obsession obsession about penises. And it's like it's so funny because I'm like, I don't. It's weird. I'm not like a prude. I like I'm. I'm no, totally you're a down prude. Like, no, like sex jokes rock, dude. <laughs> Fucking it all. It can like, it can work, but it just it just was like it's so you can tell when Quentin Tarantino has that feedback loop and he gets up his own ass. And I know. He thinks that he's writing the greatest thing that's ever existed. But what sucks is the scene right after that when he goes when Joe goes to pay and it's the tipping, dude. That <laughs> is masterclass. That Same. is such a good scene to to build every single character like that right there you know even every single character, even mr you know blue who, who is like completely forgotten blue. about he's yeah. just like you don't he care that these young ladies the rely on your tips to survive right. and yeah. it's like that says a lot about his character that i'm like i wish we would have saw more of him like he dies off camera and he's only in like two scenes yeah that's the thing yeah he and, it, and it's funny because he got those he got those speaking scenes later they like re, they reshot him because it seems kind of awkward right because it yeah. like cuts to him you know to get him to talk just because they realized like he's in the movie and he doesn't have any speaking lines and then they right. came back later to shoot that so that's funny but yeah dude i don't know man. well that, the whole like pop culture like that's what it, made him famous though you know because it's like i think for its time sure. i think it feels kind of dated now the conversation because again i don't give a fuck about madonna either she's like 60 right um and it's like i never listened to that shit but uh she was nothing against it but like uh she it's just like that conversation does feel a little masturbatory and like just self-indulgent but i i'm trying to look at it through the lens of like coming out in the early 90s like it feels like it's indie it's raw like people are like oh man this is a friend this is a conversation i could see me and my friend having because they constantly like something i picked up more on this rewatch was mr orange is like a comic book nerd and it's like, yeah, I never time, really yeah, noticed dude. that, and but it's like, he's like a, the he's pop the, culture a that he becomes famous for. But he like, he's a cop, but he's that like, he's the fictionalized, like, like that, the, the romanticized version of a cop. Like when he's like, when he looks in the mirror and he's like, you're Beretta. Like, that's so funny. Like it just, it's so cool. And then like, you know, later he's like super vulnerable. It's like, it's great, man. I, so it's like that don't like, that's the thing. Like I, I do like this movie. I mean, it's like I, you know, three stars. I feel like is a is a, a decent, a decent like, rating, just just even outside of personal taste, on like you know anything that racist. Even though like sometimes that would happen, it would kind of jar me. But even besides that, it's just like, I think the movie is a is a really nice debut. Like it, yeah. it's super strong. It totally shows like what he's capable of, and I do feel like Pulp Fiction is like quote unquote better even though i think i like reservoir dogs more yeah i i, I think i like you know, Reser- I, I i agree with that sentiment i like reservoir dogs more i think but yeah it's like because I think, it's i think it's just because, because it's, it's so simple tight and, yeah it's simple right, and it's, it's straightforward so simple, yeah. everything there's like the, the the only fat is in the dialogue and even then it's just like it's it's character building and again Honestly, I don't know, I know we're not wanting to harp on it too much, but I think what would have saved the whole like be everyone being a racist thing is if they just made Mr. White not racist. If they made him like say one thing cuz it never bothered me with Mr. Pink because it seems so in line with his character and it seems in line with all the other fucking I mean, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Blind, nice guy, Mr. Blonde and nice but guy Eddie and Joe. Yeah, it's trying to get yeah. you to empathize with Mr. White as like the, this like father figure. He's the one that's trying to be like the level head guy. So every time he was, when he was telling the story in the car 
uh, I was like, ah, yeah, that was the one scene where I'm like, nah, that's the only time it bothered me though. Cause I was like, otherwise I'm like, I, I thought it was jarring, but I was like, I, you know, these guys yeah. are scumbags, I guess. Sure. You know? Uh, right. but I think that's the only, that would have fixed it. I think for me a lot, like that would have been the only, cause I think this movie is a flawed masterpiece. I think this, I gave it four and a half stars. I fucking think this movie's great. This might be one of his yeah. best in my opinion. But right, but but I, but, yeah, but I, it is the rawness because his other movies are yeah. better, but like they're refined down to a quarter. There's I something know. about this that's I gorilla. I love the run and the run and gun of this. Yeah, it's totally. definitely you could. It, it's it almost is. like the fucking the cinematographer, like the camera guy that's got the steady cam. He can barely just keep up with what's going yeah. on sometimes, and it's just dude, it's just dudes yelling at each other in a warehouse most of the time. Well, but he's like he's still dude, just like. like he uh, he barely had permits to film yeah. <laughs> outside LA. Like he was, yeah. It, it was it was gorilla, dude. This was this was its you true gotta, independent cinema. Yeah, that's right. So. It's like it broke through and bro- it was one yeah. of the movies to break. Like you know this, Clerks, it, Slacker. Like and it there's really a was giving sexizing video Sundance. Yeah, right. Sundance. Yeah, Sundance. Yeah, yeah, Those yeah. are the Sundance Sun- darlings that I mentioned earlier. This is yeah. And then it's so wild because it's funny to see Sundance get like cannibalized and just like eat its own tail mm-hmm. because now Sundance only gets really, really strong directors that, that go anywhere. Like, it, you know, Sundance doesn't, it's, Sundance is like, you have to go through Sundance, you know, not, if you want, uh, like every it, Joe yeah. Schmo can't enter, enter Sundance. <laughs> like, no, it's not anymore. Well-known shit or famous other celebrities doing a director, like their directorial debut, but they're already famous as fuck, you know? That's Yeah. Right, that's like kind of my. It's thing. like I'm it's Zac like, Efron and I want to make a movie and it premieres at Sundance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that dude, that is that's what it is it. now. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah, you get into Sundance, and then yeah, it's like Charlie Day makes a Sundance movie. That's like uh, okay, but that doesn't count. That's yeah. not a Sundance movie. That's yeah, you're like you're already a millionaire. You can't make a. You know. um, but anyways, while we're talking uh, about the grind and the indie, you got a money and, minute for me. And the money. So yeah, it uh. It was 1.5 million, and that's that's like a pretty that's like a pretty well established solid number, because Harvey Keitel came on and everybody did it for super cheap, you know. Um, that is cheap. And then it it grossed. I mean, that's yeah, that's indie that's to cheap. indie standard. That's uh, yeah. that's that's it. That's no, it doesn't get more indie than that, you know. And so uh, it grossed 2.9, but that's like a tentative 2.9 because it went through some weird rough patches and like i said it had some weird like release date issues and stuff and then and then this was when home entertainment was what blew up so you don't have the i'm curious what the real number is on home entertainment and what oh i bet it's insane because i've owned this movie physically three times (laughs) yeah i fucking i own uh i owned the uh the the like 10 anniversary box set the one that's the gas can Remember oh, that yeah, one? The yeah, case yeah. is yeah, the gas can. Cool. And yeah, then yeah. I and then I fucking lent that one to someone and lost it. And then I bought the DVD, the like twentieth yeah. anniversary edition, the like Mr. Yellow on the cover. Mr. Blonde oh, on the cover, oh, and it's like the yellow cover. And then I'm pretty and then I got the Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I remember seeing this on VHS too with them like lined yeah, up yeah, with man. the colors. And then I, dude, I feel like that's that, where this movie hit. It hit hard yeah. in the home well, video. No. no <laughs> like, it, and it's marketing. So this did this had a lukewarm like splash in America, but in London, their their marketing nailed it. What they did, this was the first movie to do individual posters 
for the characters. Like really? It's so, That's it's perfect. It's so smart. Yeah. It's so smart marketing to have that, like... So, basically, now, if you see any movie and it's got a character's yeah, poster... Yeah, the character poster. That's, that's because this, this like... And it's this, perfect like, for this. Like, the fact a, that it's... In a bigger way. I don't know. Yeah. I like... Yeah, because they're, they're all... They're, they're alias, and then, like, the, the ties with color and, like, the splash of color with their with their silhouettes and shit. They, they, it's great. Yeah, the marketing on this is, is really smart. And that's what I mean. This is, like... I feel like I feel like I'm still attracted to this the look of this movie yeah. and I will be for the rest of my life because I love I love like I love gangster grimy films. Oh well it's the I I, love how, iconic I mean, like I said, it's just cool. It's the he, black tie, cop and robbers. Yeah, the black fucking, tie and then like that deep, deep blood. Like the and I just like the buckets of blood. It's like I, I love it. And Timrod bleeds that, so much. <laughs> I know it's like I mean I love how it's like it's impossible, but I love you know. Anyways, um I love that. <laughs> I lose my train of thought often, and that's oh, I beautiful. love that. That's that's, that's good that's radio. Great for the airwaves. Good, good for the airwaves. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone out in podcast line loves uh, that. Yeah, that's good. And anyways, it's just a vibe. I do, I do enjoy the vibe. Oh, what I love is what I want to say is he does paint a really good picture with having the characters talk about what is going to happen without seeing what happens, and then I still, I still feel like I was there in the heist, even though there's they don't, there's not one scene inside the inside the, no, the I f- diamond room. I feel like I could you know, see Mr. No, Blonde right. shooting everyone because it's uh-huh. like, they're I like shook by it. They're like, this out. fucking psychopath. Yep. Dude, I like, I can, I can, I can visualize. I, it's a scene in my head that I almost think happened. I, I, I can't, I can't remember if I'm talking about this movie. I'll be like, oh, remember that? Remember when like Mr. Blonde starts shooting everyone in the, in the room? <laughs> yeah. Like, Wait, that never happened. They never no, had, they you never, never actually see that. Right. It's like, and, and that's what's so yeah. smart is because it makes it feel bigger because what you do see is like back alleys and shit. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, you they, see Mr. Pink you on kind of a busy street the first time, but it's just like when Barely, though, Mr. Yeah, Brown still, crashes the car, it's like fucking some back lot somewhere. And you just you know have, what I mean? It's all, and it, that is, that is and the sound design that is solely sound design. That's yeah. solely cinema. Like, like you, you like creating that sound design makes it feel so, makes it feel like there's 20 cops chasing after them. But yet, it's just the two guys standing there. You know, like, I love it, man. It's like this. You know, I don't want to read *Rest for Dogs* of the book. Fuck that. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like it only works this way. (laughs) Yeah, it's all it works. Like even even *Reservoir Dogs* of the comic would be cool, but it's not the same, man. Um, but like, I wish there was more. I'm glad I didn't, but it left me wanting more because I'm like, give me a Mr. Pink backstory. Give me, I want to see more Mr. Blue. Hell, I even want to see, unfortunately, more Mister Brown with his fucking soul patch. <laughs> like, I know, yeah, mis- yeah. Mister Shit. I'm well, no, dude. I'm and I Joe mean, oh was awesome. Gosh, do you know how? <laughs> do you know? Well, actually, and that's a whole. I don't know if uh, I was talking with um, uh, Travis, uh, text messaging, and he told me that Lawrence Tierney, like, there was like a big blowout on set. Do you know about this? Uh uh-uh. uh Do you ever hear about this? I don't think he. I don't think he mentioned it in his in his call today, but. Uh, I'll just I'll give a little rundown in case in case he doesn't. But dude, Lawrence Tierney, he was only on set for like three days, and then they like got his stuff in like a week. I mean, he got fired through half of it because like he just wasn't he. I mean, I don't know if he like if he had something wrong or if he just was like kind of just like an old asshole. That he was, just like, is that character, like <laughs> or or just like I think it's just I think really what it was is. Quentin Tarantino is a young, a young buck. You know, he was like his directorial debut. Doesn't like taking directions. And exactly. And this dude is like, well, fuck you. I don't care about you. I've done movies forever. And you know what Wait. you don't have to do. So I think they had a tiff. They, they probably, a yeah. that's, I, that makes sense. It's like yeah. the scene when they're like planning the heist. He's like, we, we sat around 
we were making yeah. jokes. And I felt like yeah. the scene where he's like, I'll I'll move on when I'm ready to move on. It's like they had to they had to write something in to like go with that. They're like, all right, say something. But really he's talking yeah. to Quentin Tarantino. He's like, Can we move on? He's like, I'll move on when I'm ready to move on. He's like, Fuck, all right, okay. Steve Buscemi, you yeah. gotta say this thing so I can cut it in. <laughs> like, no, dude, you were you were not off. That's what it feels all, like, right? Because <laughs> he even I is watched like, some stuff on YouTube ooh, and he it was seems like, genuine. Yeah. He's yeah. not he does yeah, not yeah. seem like he's acting. He's just like can we fucking get on with it? It's hot in here. It's hot. And I'm yeah. done. <laughs> really, really though, yeah. Really. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, I got a couple of Reddits. You ready? Let's hear them. All right. So, Clones of People Two says this film is just so fucking cool and just so much fun to watch. Full of iconic scenes, snappy dialogue, and a perfectly put together soundtrack. I've seen it a lot of times, maybe ten times, and it's enjoyable every time. I first watched it years ago, and I watched Pulp Fiction around the same time, and I love Pulp Fiction so much, I brushed this one off a bit. But over the years, it has grown on me more. Tarantino really has a flair for style, and I recommend watching some French New Wave to see where he was clearly influenced, particularly Breathless, 1969. Ranking this against... Yeah, that's Tarantino all the way. Uh, Ranking this against his other films, I think it falls right in the middle for me, but that speaks more to the strength of his other work rather than the weakness to this. I think this is perhaps the best film by any director in recent history. Best directorial... First, the best first oh. film by that's me, not him yeah. butchering it. <laughs> Any director in recent history, Citizen came of our time. Um, okay, I, I think mean, so. Are... It was super influential. I think this is well better. Um, do you want to know what's cute? I don't know if he, I don't know if clones are people too out there. Hello, I'm talking to you. I don't know if you know <laughs> this, but his production company, Band Apart, is is breathless, breathless is like a band apart, like it's like there was. That's a there's a correlation there where like it's or maybe it's through Truffaut and he his like he had like a band apart or something. Anyways, that that whole that that tracks like a hundred percent within the. I've never seen it because I'm French, a, I'm a as we've way. said before I don't now really I, watch movies I just read the Wikipedia pages. Yeah, I took I after after film school I just never watched a movie again. Well, <laughs> just, it, that's all it I didn't know. really but click no, with me the Tarantino thing like him stealing older films because it's like. Obviously, Tarantino is, like, from our early childhood, so it's like, that does feel older. We didn't start watching older-ass movies until a little bit later in life, so I'd seen Tarantino first, but it didn't really yeah, click with me till we watched Lady Snowblood, like, a couple years well, ago and, for the podcast, and I was like, oh, this is Kill Bill. <laughs> it is It is Godard. So, Godard made a movie called Band of Outsiders, ah. and it's called, it's called like, Band Apart, so it's, it's Band Apart, and that's his, that's Quentin Tarantino's production company, Band Apart because of Band of Outsiders by Godard. So you you nailed it on the head, and that totally is. And that's what I was saying earlier. Quentin Tarantino, he knows his film history, and he sh- and he shows it with loving care, and that's what I appreciate. I mean, that's, fuck, that is, we've talked about this before, and I'll say it again. Quentin, or Kill Bill, is the movie I would show somebody who's never seen a movie. If, like, you're like, oh, what's, like, you know, what's a movie that kind of encompasses film? I feel like Kill Bill falls snugly in that. In that yeah, realm. as we said. Anyways, uh, I, go, talk, uh, I talked about that briefly yeah. and uh, when we we're yeah. doing next month's movie, 70s movies. Nice. Uh, uh, so Turbo 13, I actually haven't read his yet, so hopefully it's not true. <laughs> uh, Turbo 13 <laughs> says, uh, he's like, I really loved all the racist stuff. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says, pretty solid movie. I give it more props for being QT's first movie, which is pretty crazy. I love the tension and the guessing on who the cop was. I wanted it to be Eddie so bad. Ha ha. 
all in all, I would have given it a 3.9 out of 5 because I wouldn't catch myself watching it again. But I can't really say anything negative about it. Thumbs up. Uh, I know nice. he, he was saying that to me about Eddie. And I was like, you know what? Eddie does seem that, like he would be the rat. Like, you do kind of think that's yeah. going to – he's almost like – Kind of flipping, flipping on his dad or, you know, like well, – On the way it shows him and he's like, I'm going to the place and I haven't talked to blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. you can see it. But it's like hard to differentiate myself knowing how, how it's Mr. Orange, you know? I know, dude. Well, yeah, that's the whole thing. I'm like watching this again for the first time. I like – I'm kind of like, oh, man, that's – you know, that's it, it would be exciting to see this again because – but, I mean, I don't know, though. I feel like – it's kind of hard. I'm glad that I'm glad that you liked it, Gat. I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I can't think of an example of like I want to watch that's like this more, that I haven't yeah. seen before. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's probably like an old '70s movie or something I haven't seen. Like maybe like French Connection. When we watch that. It's like I don't. Yeah, if we watch that I've ne- never next seen week, that. it's cl- we'll see. I don't know what we're watching next week yet. I know, I know, right? The mm-hmm. time will tell. Uh, do you want to do you want to throw on Travis's? I, I I was smart and I pulled it up while you were talking. So boom, I'm ready to go, baby. Let's do it. All right, here it goes. I've been thinking of a new intro instead of Hey Guys, but haven't found one I like yet. So if you know of anything, any suggestions, let me know. Before this week's viewing of Reservoir Dogs, it's been probably 29 years since I last saw it. When Pulp Fiction came out, all my friends who were into movies would talk constantly about it in Tarantino. All I remembered from this movie was their iconic matching suits. I somehow forgot that ear scene until moments before it happened, which is surprising given that how much of a shock that scene was. What I liked about this movie was the dialogue, minus all the racist stuff. I realize it's there for a reason in portraying a realistic view of the type of criminals that they were, but it was a bit much. Tarantino's movies usually have a great realistic dialogue, and this one starts that tradition. Because the majority of the movie takes place inside the warehouse, It got me reminiscing of 12 Angry Men that takes place almost entirely in a jury room. Besides the opening scene at the diner and the next scene where Mr. White is driving a dying Mr. Orange to the meetup spot, the rest of the movie takes place at the warehouse, only to leave for flashbacks. Even the jewel heist gone wrong isn't shown. So my question for you two is, do you think it would have been possible to make Reservoir Dogs using the 12 Angry Men model and having it all take place inside the warehouse or for the story, having it shot before the heist and after the heist, but all at one location. Could Tarantino or Lumet have pulled it off? Thanks. Thanks, Travis. Uh, You hit all our points. I want to hear more about what it was like to see it back then. You're the guy I was asking for. Yeah, you're the guy. And that's funny because, I mean, you know, you are like – you, you're in that sweet spot where you're like just a little bit. You're like, I say older, older but maybe, I, like you know, Gen Xers, you know what right, I mean? It's like, right, 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 right. Yeah. You're like, you're like just older than us enough that like you were there. Uh, thank you. It. Anyways. Thank you for, yes. I want you from now on, instead of, Hey guys, I want you to just go, yo, 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 yo. Oh yeah. That's your, <laughs> that's your contender. huh? Or, yeah. uh, or Hey fellers. And like wag your arms around. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I want yeah, I want you to come in. You need to be like a you need to be like a like a motivational poster or something. You need to come in every day. You have a question every week. Where I want like a fact from you. I want you to be like giraffes only sleep 30 minutes a day or something. I want I need something like <laughs> to start like, with did you know, you know. <laughs> like Yeah, right right right. Yeah, uh, like you know, like yeah. I, I like that. Fun. I like the hey guys no. or whatever you want to hey, do. <laughs> hey guys is I'm so 
I'm like, I'm surprised that you wanted to change it up because I'm, I've become, it's your catchphrase. <laughs> it lulls me, dude. It I does. love, yeah. Like when I had, it gets to me in the mood. Yeah. The last time I had it, like, Hey guys, like, that's true. Yeah. Um, I love the, I love the, Hey guys, keep it, keep it Travis classic, baby. Yeah. To, uh, to answer your question, I, uh, I think this movie would be great as like a play or something. If you did some tweaks, totally, but it would be hard. I do think you could miss out on some of the flashback stuff, but it would like, it would hurt to miss on some of the diner stuff because it does feel iconic in it. Uh, but it, it could totally work. Like, this would be great as just, like, a play all in one room. Like, just cut everything and just kind of just pack it in because it's already so tight. Um, I'd well, love to I see think, it. I, I bet you there is some fucking high school out there that just, like, it's like, yeah, oh, we're going to yeah, we're gonna do this. it all. Just yeah, shoot right. the whole the, thing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, just just every N-word in there. But uh, um, <laughs> I think I think that it would be in the, in the like, the Lou of Lume and being like 12 Angry Men, they are they 12 Angry Men technically was allowed one scene before they went into the room. So you could have that diner scene where they talk about Madonna and tipping and then get and then just have it all be inside the inside, I know. All inside the warehouse. Because you don't and I need feel like, I feel like it would hold. I think it would hold up. It I would. Think you just would rewrite it. I do feel like you like, would that's be basically missing what out hateful, on some stuff. But it is. That's, that's yeah. like what Hateful Eight is. Yeah. There's like even though it, Hateful Eight is just a larger a larger set where it like it, but I mean, and he has like he goes to like flash, kind of flashbacks and like shows like the fictitious stuff. You know, and, you know. And there's I don't know. There is a lot more. The reveals, the, the reveals are more impactful but, through cinema. That's why I was like saying earlier, like the cuts really sell it. Like it would be like yeah, yeah you get in the dialogue, Mister Orange being like I'm a cop, and the guy being like I know, I remember we met. Uh, but yeah. it's the fucking cut where he's just holding the gun, bleeding to death, and then it cuts to Mr. Orange, and he's there being, like, meeting up with his handler, and he's like, I'm the undercover guy, and I got a job with Joe, and it's like, those yeah. those realizations just hit so much harder, so I feel like with some tweaks, some minor tweaks, because, yeah, the, the, meat, the meat and potatoes of the movie is in the warehouse, so I feel like you could just do that. You know what I mean? And and yeah. like you're not really losing any information that isn't just character type development. Everything that moves the plot right. forward happens in the warehouse through dialogue or whatever. You know exactly. I mean? And I and I think like I think doing using this story that's you know sensational and and, and violent and it's a whodunit, which is Twelve Angry Men. That's kind of the like that's usually how these hold together really well is there's always that like mystery well, involved. I like how there's much it, somebody that has to like deliberate. Right. On, well, it's like the reveal comes like what? almost a little over halfway through yeah. the movie, but it's just like, right. uh, there's so much to his. And then there's like the tension of like that. And then when he, I love the ending, the climax is so fucking good. Cause even Joe just comes in. He's like, I know who the rat is. It's him. I should, I should get my fucking yeah. head checked for not going when I was not a hundred percent about a guy. And well, uh, it's just, that's what's so great, too, is it's like it's not 100 percent. And so Harvey Keitel, that roots Harvey Keitel in taking Mr. Orange's side immediately. Like, it's even more like the whole time he's been on his side. And then the and then like the, the second that Joe's like, it's my gut. He's just like, he's like, that doesn't count. I don't you know, I don't respect that. I don't that's want not it, logic, you know? man. Like, but he's right. Yeah. Uh, but he and was th- right. And that's the and thing. It. And that's why it's so fucking devastating when he's just like, because it's like they they've had the relationship where it's like. 
Harvey Keitel, Mr. White saved his life that it's like he shouldn't have said anything, but he had to because of respect. Know. He's like, he's like, I'm a cop. And then he's just like, yeah. Ugh. And just <laughs> so like, he he does he shoot him? That's I think so. Always been, he has to. That's always been a thing yeah. that I'm like, A, did Mr. Pink die? It, that's, he got away in my lot in my head in, cannon. In my, <laughs> yeah, my head cannon, he definitely got away because there was a lot of gunfire. And uh, and I think it was a lot of gunfire that sounded back and forth. He blasted and, his way out just like he did the first time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then I'm also like, did Mr. White shoot him? I don't know, but I assume he did because that's the reason the cop shot him. But anyways, yeah, I I like to I like I like that I like that it's that it will be. He, he had to because it was there principal. No... He knew he's about to die, but he's just like he said it from the beginning where he's like. You kill anyone? Just a couple cops. So no real people, right? Yeah, no real people. people. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's just like the whole time he threw away his whole life. He killed this man he respected and is known forever. And he was wrong. And he can't, he just, he just can't handle it. He might as well have been pulling the trigger on his fucking self because he knew. But it's just like, I mean, yeah, he has, he has to, you know, he's, but, but there's still love to it. That's what I'm saying. It's weird because he's like cradling his head. He's cradled in his head and everything. There's yeah. still like this weird intimacy between the two of them that it's just well, like, dude, I have to kill you out of principle, but also like, I wrote, I love you and damn you for making me do this. In my notes, I wrote fucking, uh, that's in tell blood to his part, baby. That's, know, that's the whole, on. that's the whole ending, man. We, we homage, we homage this movie and our movie. So we it's did. like, it's pretty over. You know. I swear to God, there's a, a take though, where it's just like so much more. Where he's just like, are you a doctor? <laughs> just like the whole thing. Yeah. You know? I know. Me too. I swear. I thought that there take is. was like I, I, five I, minutes longer. I don't think okay. we put it in the final movie, but we did do a thing where we did like the whole thing. <laughs> okay. That's okay. okay. We definitely yeah, did, we like did film a bit where like it was just whole, like, say like just, the goddamn words. You're, yeah, you're going to yeah, be okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Right. We did the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, because Chet, Chet but, wasn't having it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Chet was just like, whatever. Yeah. Just quit touching me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, that's oh, Re- that's Reservoir Dogs. Hey, I don't have right. anything else to say. We're we're there. I me too. I mean, I feel yeah, feel <laughs> happy about um, everything so, we said. Thank you for listening. Uh, you're just gonna have to go watch it and decide for yourself uh, how you feel on the QT. I'm sure we've only watched two Tarantino movies. It still blows my mind that like his most popular movie. I mean, I would say used to be Pulp Fiction, but now it's like definitely Django. Ma- Talk to any average person. Django is what they've seen. Yeah. Um, well, Django, yeah, Django's. Which is, I mean, it's weird, but it's like that's bottom half. I mean, I like Django, fine enough. All his movies are good, this thing. He's never made a bad movie, so. No, I agree. Uh, so anyway, I don't know what we're doing next week because right now the poll is tied. We're doing like 70s movies is what we landed on, which it sounds fun because there's a lot of 70s absolute classics that I've never seen. Uh, that I'm wanting to, and I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling that era for some reason. So, uh, it's either gonna be Network or the French Connection. We don't know, or maybe something will sneak out. I mean, sneak in there. I don't know. What, maybe Godfather. What do we two? do? Um, what do we do if we uh, if we have a tie? I don't think we've ever had a tie. I don't know. Maybe we just watch both, or we just decide. <laughs> oh, I kind of like watching both. We that might. Sounds, that I would watch delicious. them. I'd watch them. We have the time because you still got to go watch Oppenheimer. So we I have, I have plenty of time. I'm back. I'm back in town. You're back. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, so yeah. Thanks for listening. Go to the Reddit. Uh, we're back on there. We're doing some stuff. Patreon. Check that out. We're doing more bonus episodes. We're going to do an Oppenheimer episode soon. We're going to have to put that back a week because out of town and everything. But yeah. Right, right, uh, right. But no, we're going to definitely 
talk about that and stuff. So, yeah. Coming at you. We got it. Just, yeah, check out that Patreon feed, baby, because it is, uh, it's stacking. We're getting yeah. hours put on there, man. We got, uh, we got content. I can still oh, hear you. And I, and I, I lost him. You. So, good. you know what? <laughs> I lost him, and that's a goodbye. That's a wrap. That's, that's a, a wrap. wrap on Reservoir Dogs. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Good night, everybody. <laughs>